Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. He alone is worthy. Amen. I greet you this evening in the name of Jesus Christ, our soon coming King. Amen. Are you happy to be here tonight? Amen. Welcome to our Thursday night Bible study. I am. I greet um, all of you here, as well as our online members and guests. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for coming. Um, I'm sure there will be other things that we could do, but thank you for your dedication and you know, just wanting to hear the word of God. Tonight... Our pastor isn't here, and um, he's getting some well-deserved rest and recuperation, and we are happy for him. Remember to keep him and his family in prayer, and uh, I just want to take the time out to say how much we appreciate him, appreciate his teaching, his dedication, everything, so Remember to keep our pastor in your prayer and uh, just continue to pray for him and his family. Amen. Tonight, we're going to get into the word, but just before the word, um, we have one visitor with us tonight and um, she's not shy, so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm just going to ask her to... (laughs) To um, just, you know, just get up and um, introduce it for me, please.
glad to have you. <laughs> Welcome to our family. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, that's customary. We're just going to pray before um, we start the service. We're just going to pray and ask God's blessing on each and every one of us. So I'll ask you to stand, please. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your God, you are our Father. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. We look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord Jesus, this afternoon we come to you, O God, and Lord, we came here to hear what you, your instructions are for us. Lord Jesus, I pray that we will just open our ears, open our understanding, O oh God, and not just listen and let it flow. Lord Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that whatever we hear tonight, we will be able to use it in the days and weeks to come. Bless each and every one of us, Lord. Put your hand upon us, O oh God, and I pray that the peace that passeth all understanding will be upon us and continue to be upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. Tonight, we call upon you, Lord, and I say, Lord Jesus, put your hand upon our pastor and first lady. I pray, O oh God, that you would keep them, strengthen them, continue, O oh God, to refresh the man of God so that when he gets back, Lord Jesus, he will be filled with your word. And Lord Jesus, you'll use him once more like an oracle in the name of Jesus. Comfort them wherever they are, Lord Jesus. And I pray, O oh God, that your spirit will be here with us tonight to guide us and lead us. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have done and what you're about to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. 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 Tonight, our topic will be the persecuted church. The persecuted church. We will um, just look a little about church. Amen. One verse nine. It says, "I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patience, endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos." Because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, he was on the island of Patmos. And the reason for that, he was um, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He, he didn't go there to vacation. He went there about the Lord's business. Well, he was placed there, but he continued to do the Lord's business. John fully embraced the tribulation that Christians endure in his time. Even though he was an um, apostle, you know, one of the leaders in the early church, he identified himself as a brother and companion in the suffering for Christ. So, just looking at, you know, a little more. Of the Apostle Paul, he didn't. Um, he 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 identified with the suffering, the title, the position, 
that wasn't the main thing for him. You know, the tribulation, doing what God told him to do. And he knew that at some point he was going to face tribulation. And that didn't matter to him. What matters was, you know, just doing the right thing. Just doing what God told him to do. He knew this would happen at some point. So he needed to, so no need to cry and worry. John was ready to serve in the harshest of conditions on the island of Patmos. He was there because of the word of God. And he must have preached somewhere. And the Roman authority heard him and cast him in prison. So rather than death, he was exiled on the island of Patmos. So that's where he was. I'll tell you a little bit about the, the place. The isle that is called Patmos is located in the Aegean Sea off the coast of uh, Asia Minor. And Asia Minor is, a, is a modern day Turkey. And part, it was a part of a group of islands, about 50. It is barren, rocky, cross-shaped island, somewhat um, round in shape. It's about uh, 10 miles long and about 6 miles wide at the widest point. And um, it served as a Roman penal colony. In other words, it was a settlement used for punishing criminals by forced labor and isolation from society. So when you went there, it wasn't for R&R. It wasn't vacation. You went there because they put you there. They wanted you to, to do some hard time. Criminals were sent to Patmos to serve out their prison time in very harsh conditions. They were forced to work, you know, in mines daily. But here now, the apostle, he wasn't any criminal. He must have um, preached the word. They were offended by it, so they locked him up and banished him to this, this island. But he was there among people that... He wasn't supposed to be there with. That didn't bother him. He was focused on preaching the word. He was focused on doing God's, God's um, work. Sometimes we are in a situation and we think, okay, because I'm not before my death, before, because I don't have a mic in my hand, or because I'm not in front of an audience, I cannot do what God called me to do. Here he was in prison. He was this criminal. He was in the harshest of conditions. But he never lost focus on God. And because of that, God was right there with him and gave him an assignment and revealed some things to him. John was no criminal, but he was sent to Patmos because he was Christian. Christians were considered to be a cult group causing disturbance within the Roman Empire. Right here, what we are, how we are living here, we are in, so to speak, paradise. <laughs> because just imagine, you're in a situation and in a, in a town that you are a Christian, and just by becoming a Christian, you um, thrown in prison. You can be locked up for a very long time 
our executed. You know, so in these times, the Christians were persecuted and not just, it, it, was, it was harsh. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. On the day, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. The Lord's day is typically thought of as Sunday, the first day of the week when the Lord Jesus was resurrected. I know there might be a lot of um, controversy over that. I think that is out of the Bible. Revelation 1, verse 11 says, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardius, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These seven churches were literally in existence at the time of John's vision. The revelation came in the ways of the Lord. These churches were located at strategic places in Asia Minor, or what is known as Western Turkey. And the revelation was given to the church to strengthen them because they were experiencing severe persecution from the Romans and Jews alike. The Romans, they were there to enforce the law. They wanted everybody to bow to their emperor, their, you know, whoever they were having charge. They wanted not only to bow, but to um, view them as gods. The Jews um, were like, some of them were like instigators in some way because they would um, make mischief on the Christians because they didn't agree with the Christian uh, doctrine. They felt like it was false. So they would turn them over to the Romans and the Romans would put them in, in, in prison. So they were um, persecuted. So here... Some had already compromised their faith, while others were, they were being tested. It was a hard time for the Christians. One test that Christians in Smyrna was faced with was to deny Jesus and replace him with Caesar as their God. That was what they were faced with. And just the thought of that, it was a problem. So if they brought that before a certain Christian and he didn't do it, off to jail he would be. He, he would be going. They were facing a um, hard time there. Revelation 2.8, it says, And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, Angel here is referring to messenger, and specifically to the pastor of the church of Smyrna. So this vision um, was given to the pastor to pass it on to his um, congregation to teach them, to, to let them know what is going on, what they should do and shouldn't do. These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. So if we look in the scripture, if, if we had any doubt about who the message was coming from, it says these things was dead and came to life. Who else could that be? 
This is confirming the message is from Jesus. He alone is the first. He alone is the last. And he was dead and now is alive. So it could be nobody else. This is confirming that the message came from Jesus. He was encouraging um, the churches. In this particular instance, he was encouraging the, the church of um, Smyrna. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And that it can be found in Isaiah 44, 6. Here's another scripture, Revelation 22, 13. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So, there is no doubt who this message came from, who was talking here. Jesus was talking, Jesus gave John that vision, and he passed it to the, the messengers of God, who then passed it on to the congregation. These things say the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. Whatever Jesus does is always for a reason. To remind the Christians in Smyrna that they serve the risen Lord, victorious over death. Um, the reason why he was telling them that he's the first and the last and he was dead and is now alive is to remind the Christians in Smyrna that they serve a risen Lord. Not like you see happening to these other, um, a lot of religious groups that their God is dead. Their God is a piece of wood or, you know, the sun, the moon, the created thing rather than the creator. Um, death could not hold Jesus, and it, it, um, it cannot hold his people. So he wanted us to remember that he triumphed over death. And if we continue in him, we too will triumph, no matter what is going on. No matter what the, the, um, He overcame, so they too will overcome. Amen. Amen. To the suffering church here in Smyrna, he identifies himself as the conqueror of death. See, when you're in a situation, you need someone. I mean, it can help otherwise, but you need someone that was in the trench, someone that went through what you're going through now. That person can be very you are. They know exactly what is happening. And then they are able to assist. Just like technical difficulty here. Not the kind of difficulty that they had in Smyrna, but you know.
the suffering church here in Smyrna, he identifies himself as the conqueror of death. He wanted them to know that death was not final. He conquered death, and they, we too can do the same. We just have to stay connected to him. Do what he says, and victory will be ours. Amen? Revelation 2.9 I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know that the, the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are synagogue of Satan. He, he knows what temptation they face. Remember, the Bible tells you that um, he was in all times ten, um, tempted, but sinned not. He knows everything that they went through or they are going through at that time. He knows that Smyrna was a wealthy, proud city and the center of cult worship. They, they, they did a lot of that there. They tried to impose their worship on the Christians. It's one thing if they were worshiping and doing what they were doing one side. But it's another thing when they are forcing you knowing that that is idolatry, but they are forcing you to do what they do, and if you don't, you're locked up, you're persecuted. He knows there were unbelieving Jews who made it their business to persecute Christians. The Lord knows the synagogue of Satan who slandered the church in Smyrna, you know, they made false accusations um, against the Christians to damage their reputation and inevitably get them locked up. So that that was just a part of what was going on there in Smyrna that the, the Christians had to bear. You know, to the authorities, any any chance they they got, and of course the Roman and you know by force. After all this trial and relentless pressure, it is easy to think that God has forsaken. God has abandoned or deserted them or forgotten them. It's, it's, it's okay when everything is going good for you. You remember God because your, your belly is full, your stomach is full. You, know? you remember God. You have a nice job and everything like that. And you say, God is good. But what happened when um, things not going so right and it keeps going downhill for a while? You know, if you are not careful, you'll start losing faith because you'll say, okay, I'm praising God. I'm serving God. So where is God in all of this? Why is it that I am out of a job? Why is it that you know, I don't have enough money to buy food. Things like that. You'll start questioning and if you keep it doing it that way, then sooner or later you start believing that there is no God. And that's where the devil wants to come in and take charge of everything. And he will really um, show you that there is no God and isolate you. So that he can have you. The Bible says to sift like wheat. 
So we have to keep focus on God. No matter what is happening, there is a God. If there wasn't a God, the devil would have killed every one of us already. Because he is here to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? The church did not have much. They just managed to survive daily. This is the church in, in Smyrna. However, they would not compromise. They were rich spiritually. Jesus was pleased with the works of the church in Smyrna. Um, no matter the trial facing this church, they did what was right and pleasing before the Lord. So, their trials, their tribulation, it, 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 it wasn't about to make them do something that they know they weren't supposed to do. They kept focus. They, the, the tribulation, they knew what was happening. They kept, kept focus on God and they were just getting stronger. Even though they did not have much and were poor, Jesus considered them rich. And one thing that we, we need to you know, keep in our minds, what God thinks about us is far more important than what we think about ourselves or what others think about us. Because if you, if you wait on somebody to you know, <laughs> validate you or you know, lift you up, sometimes that is not coming at all. What God thinks about you that is what you should go by. Um, in their tribulation, God looked at them as the sweet-smelling Smyrna, the poorest but purest of the seven of the seven churches. This is how God looked at them, according to one of his um, commentaries. But they held on. They, they weren't about to compromise. They kept holding on. And the word of God was here now to encourage them that just continue holding on. I haven't forsaken you. I am here with you. Amen? Amen. Revelation 2.10 says, Do not fear any of these things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. When you think about this, these Christians weren't superhuman. They, the fact that they are human they're going to have a little bit of fear in them. They're going to have a little bit of, um, you know, apprehension. Things that are going to happen to them naturally that happens to us when something comes upon us. But they are going to be, you know, be focused. Especially after seeing their brothers and sisters hauled away to be punished by the Romans or seeing them killed or, you know, are abused. When you see all of that, that adds to everything. And some of these um, 
people, they are, they are cruel enough to let you see what is happening to the person before you. So that makes you even, <laughs> you know, more worried. But because Jesus knows everything, he's telling them that um, the heat is about to be turned up, you know, for a short while. The heat is about to turn, be turned up. It's going to get um, a little bit worse. But remember also the Bible tells us that he's not going to give us more than we can bear. So whatever he's giving, he's allowing. He's not, he's not actually doing it, but he's allowing the test to come to us. And we always want to just go back to, to Job. And remember, when Job was being tested, it's not that Job had done anything wrong. It's that um, God knew how much he could bear. God knew that he was um, dedicated, sold out, and he was, he was unmovable. So he allowed the test because he knew that he was going to pass. If, if, um, if you're training for a certain sport, and you just get up and train, train every day. The first thing is you have no match fitness. You, you, you didn't play an actual match to know how you would do. So nothing works until you actually get into that mode. You start playing practice matches, you, you know, and testing yourself. They are only going through a test here. And God is letting them know that He's there with them. He's there. They're, they're not doing this on their own. He's there. This is just a test. Just stay focused. No matter what happens. He's, he's telling them, look, um, it's going to be turned up a notch. So this doesn't surprise them. So he's telling them so that they will be prepared and know how to handle it. Jesus is encouraging the church in Smyrna, Smyrna that he's with them. Have no fear. Just continue to trust in him. Be courageous in the face of trials. You know, don't run away or do the things which you know compromising your belief in God. Hold on. Just hold on. Just focus and hold on. He's telling them also that he knows what they are going through. And of course, because he went through it himself. He went through it so he knows exactly what they're going through so he can tell them step by step. Just hold on. I did it and made a way for you so you can overcome too. The tribulation the church in Smyrna was facing was not ordinary. They faced economic persecution. Believers were prohibited from working many of the best jobs and it caused many Christians to live in genuine poverty. Just imagine, you, can, you are qualified to work in a certain place, do a certain job, but because you are a Christian, you are prevented from getting that job. That job that will give you a decent pay, what you're, you're, you're qualified to get, and you know, that will go a long way. 
but now you're a Christian. Amen. You might be thinking to yourself that, I wonder which way is best. Why don't I just call myself uh, something else? Buddha or something, so I can get the job. You know, you probably want to think about that. Yeah, because depending on the situation that you are in, you might be, you know, want, um, you might be strapped for money. So you say, it's just one little thing I need to do. Just, just change my religion, and I'm good. But these people, they never did. They held on. No matter what it cost, unto death, they held on. Amen. It is not as if someone, these tribulations that they were going through, you know, sometimes we don't um, get the full picture. You know, because we are reading it. So, if, if you're not careful, sometimes you'll think it's a, a story, a, just a storybook, you know. But, just think of it this way. Um, this is not somebody going to work and they sprain the ankle. And they say, alright, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue throughout the day. I'm brave. It's not that. It's not that kind of bravery. <laughs> it is... Um, it is persecution for them from they identify themselves as Christian. The minute you say you're a Christian, the persecution starts. It started for them when they declare that they will not worship any idol. The persecution starts. Persecution started for them when they held on to their Christian faith and entered the church at Smyrna. They became marked men and women, targets for the enemy. Again, just imagine, by just coming to Christ Central Church, you know, and professing that you're a Christian, it caused you to be a marked man. It caused you to be persecuted by the enemy. That is what they were facing. Punishment in those days meant being thrown in prison. You you'd be held in prison until until trial, and remember, that's that's nowhere that nobody wants to be. Um, these Christians in Smyrna, they were what I would call true heroes of the faith. They, they probably could have moved or thought about something else, but because they believed in what they were doing. This, you know, is not just surface. It's not just on the surface. They believe, so they are living what they believe. And because of that, they are persecuted. Again, they are comforted that God is with them no matter what. So, Revelation 2.11 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. You know how I interpret this? Jesus is saying to everyone, listen up. 
pay attention to what I'm saying. Because if you, if you think about it, everybody has ears, right? But the word goes out and some people don't hear. Some people don't hear what is, what is said. Amen. Amen. You're jumping ahead of me. You're getting, you're getting to what I was about to say. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> exactly what you said. We can listen to the word of God and not absorb it and allow it to pass right through. Back in the days, they used to say, say to us, um, what I said to you just went through one ears and come through the other. <laughs> Have you ever heard some um, something but were not interested? So you did not listen anything. And you did nothing, nothing stuck. <laughs> Have you ever, somebody talking to you or you, you are listening something but you're not interested. And because you're not interested, you don't hear anything. Other times we hear, we hear, but it interferes with our lifestyle. If we obey, we will have to stop doing some things which mean so much to us, so we just ignore the word and let it be. You hear something that you are to change, and that change is going to affect the lifestyle that you live. You don't want to change. You don't want to change your lifestyle. It's, it's going good for you. So you don't want to change. So you just ignore it. You deliberately ignore it. And persecution causes sometimes to reject God's word. You know, we just, hey, I'm not even touching that. Because if I touch that, is uh, I'm going in an ant's nest. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things going to happen to me, and I don't want that. So let me just um, bypass that. But finally, some of us hear the word of God and make up our mind to obey every word, whether it feels good or not. We make up our mind. We make that commitment. You hear the word and you don't understand it how you should understand it. You, you, you make an effort to, to follow up with it uh, so that you understand it. You do like the church in Berea. What they, they, they listen to Paul, but when they get the opportunity, they go back and read the scripture for themselves and, and, and verify that what is Paul was saying to them was true. And their belief in, in the word of God, they started to be more faithful. They started to, to grow. They, they, they trust him more. We make up our minds to allow the word to transform us. Those who have ears to hear, allow the word to bear fruit to the glory of God. So when you have ears to hear, and you commit yourself to him, um, you bear fruit to the glory of God. It is always up to the hearer to decide whether to take the word seriously and pursue understanding. Those are the ones who have an ear and hears what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Finally, I just want to touch back on the island of Patmos. The 
island of Patmos is mentioned once in the Bible. Revelation 1.9. It was a settlement used for punishing criminals. By forced labor and isolation from society. It was barren. It was rocky. And, and um, you know, it was, it was the domain of, of, of criminals who went over there. Some of them stayed there forever. So they were always on the island. Many died of exposure, violent attack by other convicts, and some died from starvation. There was nothing significant about this, this um, island until John was sent there in exile. Nobody you know, even thought about the island of Patmos. It was just there. But when John was sent there in exile, even though he was in exile, he still served God and was never forgotten. John's revelation came from God while, while there on Patmos. A once desolate island with no real significance is mentioned every time we speak about the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because it came while John was there. Also, John is left on the island forever. But that is where he is given a revelation from God. So, he was banished there. He was, he was left there to, to just stay there until he died. But that is where he got a revelation. So, we cannot never believe that if we are in a situation now, we are going to stay in that situation forever. That God doesn't um, see us. And if we stay connected to him, he won't find a way for us to escape. Because soon after, the emperor that sent him there died. And the tradition was, if the emperor dies, then you release the prisoner that the emperor sent there. So he, he, um, he was freed. But we should never believe that a situation that we are in is permanent. We serve a God that sees everything. A God that is powerful and able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we ask. Some of us may be having a hard time and think it cannot be turned around. We serve a God of the first and second and third chance and fourth chance and a whole lot of chances. There's not one of us that can lift our hand <laughs> and say, we only got five chance. <laughs> we might be facing hardship and persecution, but don't give up. God will never give up on us. He will never give up on us. So we shouldn't give up on ourselves. He will turn our darkness into light because his mercy renews every morning. And I want to just end with this scripture. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. It says, It is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
Amen. Amen. This is the end of our um, Bible lesson. Thank you for Thank you for listening, and um, I'm just going to invite everyone to stand tonight for me. Just like um, the day of Pentecost that we see in Acts 2.38, when Peter preached, and there were a lot of people all around the place, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? So I'm saying to you tonight, if you heard the word and your heart is pricked, I'm going to invite you to just walk down the aisle and um, we will tell you what needs to be done. Because a lot of times you're in a church and... They don't tell you about how to be saved, or they don't tell you the right way. We here, we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, according to the book of Acts, and according to examples that we have seen throughout the book of Acts. That's the only way we baptize, because that's the only way they baptize in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. Amen. So once again, if, if you have heard the word and you want to find out more about it, you want to, you know, your heart is pricked and you want to know what to do, just walk down the aisle and we will um, explain everything to you. We will pray for you and explain everything to you. Amen. So I'm, in, I'm extending an invitation for anyone who wants to be baptized in Jesus' name tonight. Yeah. Oh, come on. Come right down. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. Amen. Okay. I'm going to pray for you tonight. And... Um, we're going to teach you exactly what the Bible says about baptism. You know, what the Word of God says. And so that you get baptized, you know why you're being baptized. We don't want you to do it blindly. Here is a practice. And I, I will, um, but when you read the Bible, you see that. Once the people were pricked in their hearts, they didn't go through a, like a, a Bible study or several days. They said it right away and they were baptized right away. Unfortunately, we don't have the convenience right here to do it, but we will do it quickly. We will take care of that aspect. All right, so we will, we will do all of that. All right, let us pray. Um, raise your hand, point forward here for me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your mercy and your grace and your love, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, tonight 
your, your servant came to hear your word, Lord Jesus. Sister Risa came to hear your word. And Lord Jesus, she stepped forward in faith, Lord Jesus. And Lord, her desire is to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, touch her this afternoon, Lord, from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, Lord Jesus. I pray, O God, that your mercy and your grace and your peace will be upon her, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that she will listen to your word, Lord Jesus, and absorb whatever you have for her, O God, so that, Lord, she will know you for herself, O God. And I pray that you will give her a desire, Lord Jesus, that she will read the word of God and understand what you are saying to her, O God. Bless her this afternoon, O God. I pray, O God, that your word will extend into her home, O God, to her parents, to her siblings, Lord Jesus, and to her friends and family, Lord Jesus. Touch her tonight, Lord. Strengthen her in the name of Jesus Christ. As we say, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. <coughs> so, <all right. coughs> amen. Let us just pray in this message. Lord Jesus, we thank you once more for allowing us to be here, O oh God, to hear your word. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because, Lord, we look at the church in Smyrna. And we see dedication. We see, Lord Jesus, unmovable, focused Christians, Lord. Father, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord Jesus, the same thing you did for them, you will do for us. I pray, O oh God, that we too will be focused. We too will be dedicated, O oh God. And we too will be unmovable. Strengthen us tonight. Keep us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Cover us. Put a hedge of protection over us, Lord, as we go about our business tonight. And Lord Jesus, bring us back safely so we can continue to worship you. We can continue to call upon your name and say thank you for everything that you've done to us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Amen. Don't forget the usher around the back. Give towards our building fund. Thank you. Ladies' conference tomorrow night. Just a quick announcement. And the community outreach. Where is the ladies' conference? Oh, Princeton Mary College Road. Here, here is our um, poster for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming. God bless. Have a good night.